Quicklink Daily Cycling Podcast is brought to you by quicklinksports.com. Hola a todos y bienvenidos al Quicklink Podcast. Hoy es el día de la montaña legendaria Cobadonga, una ascensión muy brutal. Ahora hablaremos con Grey para los resultados y todo lo que pasó durante el día de hoy. Vamos. Hello there and welcome back to Quicklink Podcast on Wednesday the 1st of September into our ninth month of this bonkers daily adventure idea I had through the world of pro cycling. Happy birthday today to Eddie Dunbar of Ineos Grenadiers, Rian Marcus of Jumbo Visma and Arians Levens of Bingo Power Sources. On today's show, news from Belgium, Romania and of course Spain. But we have a chat with the winner of this past weekend's Junior Tour of Wales, Tyler Hannay. That's coming up after our run-through of the action. But first, the day's transfer news. 2015 Vuelta stage winner Alex Gujard steps down from World Tour action with a move from AG2R to BNB Hotels. European junior champion Kasper Andersen is swapping Danish-registered Conti team Quick for Hagen's Berman Axiom. And Jumbo Visma have finally announced the capture of Rohan Dennis from Ineos Grenadiers, meaning they'll have all three medalists from the Tokyo Olympics men's time trial on their roster next season. The 31-year-old Australian double world time trial champion has signed a two-year contract with his fifth world tour team in eight years. So, to the day's results. Taco van der Horn has won stage three of the Benelux Tour, known to most of us as the Eneco or Pinkback Tour, or as Ronde van Nederlande. The day's flag trot break lasted the full 168k distance from Essence to Hugeheide, with the Intermarche man taking his second win of the year after a stage at this year's Giro. Coming home ahead of Matthias Norsgaard of Movistar, Luke Durbridge of Bike Exchange, Samuel Battistella of Astana and Timo Willens of Sport Vlandren in that order, they held off the bunch by about four seconds. A sixth man had been in that break early doors, birthday boy Ian Levens, but he waited for the bunch after contesting the day's intermediate sprint. Stefan Bisker of EF Education Nippo leads GC by 19 seconds after his commanding win in yesterday's Stage 2 time trial. Kasper Asgreen is second at 19, Stefan Kung at 20, Durbridge and Max Walshard are both at 22. Patrick Stoys of Vosta ATS won the bunch sprint on Stage 1 of the Tour of Romania. Daniel Kristra of the Romanian national team leads GC by 7 seconds after he finished second to Janos Pelikan of Androni Giacotoli-Sidemek, the only Pro Series team at this year's race, on yesterday's prologue. And Zandro Maurice of Alps and Phoenix won the Stade Priest Gerardsbergen in his final warm-up race before the Tour of Britain starts on Sunday. So, to Lev Welter. The situation going into today's 17th stage was as follows. There was no changes on GC yesterday after Fabio Jakobsen's sprint win on stage 16, which surely sealed him the green jersey if he can make it all the way to the time trial day in Santiago de Compostela on Sunday. Odd Christing Eikings started the day spending his 7th day in red, 54 seconds ahead of Guillaume Martin, with Primoz Roglic at 1.36, Enrique Mass at 2.11, Miguel Jandia Lopez at 3.04, Jack Haig 3.35, Egan Bernal 4.21, Adam Yates 4.34, Sepkus 4.59 and Felix Groschartner at 5.31, completing the GC Top 10. 186 kilometres today from Unquera and heading west just inland from the Bay of Biscay to two ascents of La Colada Clomena and then a finish atop Lagos de Covandonga, a climb beloved of ASO, the race organisers. It's 12.5 kilometres long from foot to summit. Official average is 6.9% thanks to a couple of false flats, but most of the climbing in double-digit gradients. Here's Katie with her immediate stage reaction. Okay, I'm coming to you late today. I've finally caught up on the stage. 
um, stage 17. It was really something to watch. It was always going to be good. Um, we talked about it last night on our recap and we talked about uh, the preview and whether we thought it would be cagey or if someone would go for it. And of course, um, they went for it. The first person to go for it was Mikhail Lander. Um, sadly, that didn't work out. Um, I'll let Grey talk about that one, I think. Uh, so I'm going to move swiftly on and talk about the second Category 1 climb, which was where it all kicked off. Um, Ineos was were driving at the front and we had Bernal kick off with about 60-something, 60 61 kilometres to go. Primus Roglic goes with him, um, both looking absolutely class, pure class. They distanced the rest of the of the GC rivals pretty much straight away and off they go. Um, we don't see them and the rest of the others together for the rest of the day. Well, actually we do, but we'll come back to that. Anyway, so Lopez tries to chase for a bit, but it doesn't really happen because they come onto the descent after that category one climb. And wow, watching that was just hair raising. I had my knuckles in my mouth the entire time, um, especially after what happened to Roglic the other day. But it seems as though the wet descent may be a uh, little suits him a little better than the dry descents with the sand and the slidiness. Um, it was really scary to watch. Um, just the whole thing was, ah, but it was um, not Roglic who came a cropper this time. It was sadly Alexander Vlasov, uh, who looked really sore. I think he must have done his shoulder or collarbone. Um, obviously, our red jersey, previous red jersey holder, Odd Christian Eichen, came off too, but he looked relatively unscathed apart from his time bonus, which was obviously very swiftly disappearing. Um, anyway, few came down on that dodgy corner there. The final climb came along after a long sort of gentle downhill section after that sketchy descent. Guillermo Tan was dropped for a little while, but then came back, um, maybe found his second wind. Bernal and Roglic had their one and a half, a half minute lead and then um, we had Bahrain at the front for most of it. Um, Gina made a working really hard for Jack Haig, trying to close the gap. Obviously, at that point, Ineos and Yuma Visma didn't want to close the gap because their guys were out front. But with, what was it, six, seven kilometres to go? 7.6, that was it. Roglic goes, drops Bernal, um, and he looks absolutely supreme. Um, he's in the form we all knew he was in. He's judged it brilliantly today. Um, once again, there was chat on the commentary about him taking unnecessary risks. What utter nonsense that was. Um, honestly, he's in a bike race. He's racing his bike. Uh, he went with Bernal, who looked, who looked absolutely fabulous. He just didn't have the legs for that last climb. Felt really sorry for him. Um, he'd worked so hard all day and the two of them worked so well together. It was really great to see them riding. Um, and it was a race. They brought the race to, to one another. It was fantastic. Uh, that chasing group slimmed down to Lopez, Mass, Haig, Maida, Sepkus, uh, and Adam Yates, and they all stuck together pretty much until the end, Bahrain trying to salvage something out of the, out of the day. Um, and Sepkus fought through for an absolutely brilliant second place. Um, Roglic regains the jersey, and it's, you know, it's the race we were all hoping for. Stunning day today as well in Asturias. Beautiful, beautiful place. Um, just loved it. What an amazing uh, effort by Roglic and really, really fantastic racing from Bernal and from the other guys too. Um, it's just what we want to see. Really, really great. Uh, more of the same tomorrow. So the shakedown after Kovadonga, Primoz Roglic, 
back into red for the third time this race after his ninth win of 2021 for Jumbo Visma. Enrique Mas, Miguel Angel Lopez and Jack Haig all leapfrog Guillaume Martin. They're at 2.22, 3.11, 3.46 and 4.16 respectively. Jack Haig losing a vital lieutenant in Mikel Lander who, for some reason, went on an attack. He cracked and abandoned, while 48 minutes down on GC with his teammate at three minutes. Absolutely fucking bonkers. Egan Bernal is next best on GC in 6th, he's at 4.29, and where's the white jersey still? Adam Yates, 4.45, Sepp Kuss, 5.04, Felix Groschartner, 6.54. Gino Maida moves into the top 10, he's at 6.58. Odd Christian Eiking falls from 1st to 11th, he's now at 7.59. Roman Bardet stays in polka dots, though Michael Storer is now his nearest competitor, 17 points between them. Fabio Jakobsen has a 105-point lead over Roglic in green, and Bahrain Victorious now lead the team's classification as both they and Jumbo Visma jump past Ineos. Tomorrow's Queen State is similar to today's, to be honest. 163 kilometres from Salas to the top of Alto del Gamontero. Two Cat 1 climbs before the midpoint of the stage, and then a roll over Alto La Sega o de Cordal before they tackle the 15k drag up the finishing climb. It's a two-parter, with a 4% false flat in the middle, separating the two halves, which both average around 11%. Here's the gang with their predictions for tomorrow's stage winner. For the record, I'll go with Clermont Champoussin. Why not? My prediction for tomorrow's stage is Jay Vine. I think Roglic has got his stage win now. Jumbo should be happy enough to let a good break go up the road, and Jay Vine looked really strong on that day win bar day one. Um, I also think in the GC race, Egan Bernal is not going to be happy with... Uh, his 60km attack today, and he's going to be out there again, piling pressure on Roglic. So hopefully he should be able to get some time back this time and make some progress in my GC prediction. So predictions for stage 18. Uh, it's an absolute monster climbing day. Last big day in the mountains. I've thought and thought about who I think will win. Um, and I think after today that I don't see anyone in the GC challenging for the win tomorrow. Um, I think Jumbo Visma will defend. I think that Movistar, Ineos and Bahrain will all try their best, but I can't see any of them taking the win um, with Jumbo being in the mood they're in, uh, Kuss being so good, Roglic being so good, obviously. So I'm going to say um, it'll be maybe a day for some big um, climby breakaway boys like Bardet, Caruso, um, somebody like that. But because I'm feeling kind of risky, like Primoz Roglic, I'm going to go for Tom Pidcock. Um, he looked quite perky the other day. He loves a big climb, as we know. And I'm just feeling like Ineos have to salvage something from this race. Um, I don't think that Bernal or Yates are going to do anything to speak of. Um, in terms of actually winning a stage. So, I think Pidders is the man. Tom Pidcock for the win tomorrow. Why not? Let's do it. Go, Tom Pidcock. Yes. So, tomorrow there's six UCI races on the calendar, plus TT action in Tokyo at the Paralympics. La Vuelta, Benelux and Tour of Romania all continue. Il Giro Lugiana Juniors gets underway in Italy. The Under-23 Flanders Tomorrow Tour begins. But the best action outside of La Vuelta can likely be found with the first stage of the Seretizic Challenge by La Vuelta, the next instalment on the Women's World Tour. We'll have all the news from those on tomorrow's show, but now we're almost a quarter of an hour in and it's time to talk to our featured guest, who'll close out today's show. Tyler Hannay won the Tour of the Mendips earlier this month, 
and went into the Junior Tour of Wales this past weekend, possibly overlooked by some. We always had our fingers crossed for a friend of the show, and the lad from the Isle of Man triumphed in arguably the best domestic race on the calendar. I caught up with Tyler this afternoon to wax lyrical about a weekend in Wales. Here he is, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. So I'm joined by Tyler Hane, the winner of Junior Tour of Wales 2021. Tyler, it's nice to have you. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Um, thanks for having me, guys. So, um, yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, recovered, just about recovered after the weekend, things like that, with all the travel and everything. And yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, yeah. How was the experience of the Junior Tour of Wales? It's one of our favourite races bad. here. Yeah, you can see, uh, certainly, you know, it sounds a bit cliche saying, oh, you can see why the race gained so much attraction, but that's the big the biggest thing I, I noticed when I was there, especially, like, um, and with the with the stages, obviously, due to uncer- with the uncertainty this year, I think it got put down to four stages. But yeah, yeah, it was still it still felt like you know it f- had that buzz of the biggest one. So yeah, it was a good it was a good event, and also um, like with the NEGs and things like that, a very well ran and organized you know i think the man told me his the first one he properly organized was 2014 okay yeah (laughs) yeah so he's but he'd been helping out since the start so he's done it for quite a while and yeah and also when you look at the past winners and things like that it shows like you know the cross the cream the crop that's come through Absolutely. I, I was going to come to that later. We'll, we'll touch on it now. That just looking at the last twenty winners or so, how do you feel to be among those names? I'll, I mean, I'll run through run through the last ten or so to pick them out. Lewis Askey, Racing World Tour. Ben Tullett, Racing Pro Series. Tom Pidcock, World Tour. Fred Wright, World Tour. Nay Draper. Don't know. I think he's retired. Eddie Dunbar, Scott Davies, Hugh Carthy, Dan McClay, Tim Kennock. That's a lot of names to be in. Yeah. Uh, Alex Dan Martin. How does it feel to be among those? Yeah, I was. I think someone, as soon as I crossed the line, someone said, you'll have to go pro now because every other rider that's won is in the World Tour. And yeah, um, but uh, at first I didn't think, I didn't realise, but when I think when I was, you know, I got a couple of messages during people like that, it sort of caught on how big it was. And um, it's my first ever, like, um, proper big sort of win, you know. So it was sort yep. of, um, sort of like to even win one, I was real, like really happy. And then I was looking through, and then you know I was looking through, and then my and then people are saying like, "Oh, has anybody done? You know, like won the overall and the King of the Mountains? You know, things like that." Just send it in, and yeah, yeah, was- no, really. Yeah. I can tell you the last person to do that was Hugh Carthy, 2012. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because my because waiting and people are like, oh, Tom Pidcock surely done it, and I looked and he and he didn't, and then I I think I I looked and then I looked on Wikipedia, so we don't know how accurate this is, but I think it was Hugh Carthy and Alex Dowser, to my knowledge, but I didn't I didn't look all the way through, so it could be. A few more, but yeah, no, really, really it's now cut on how, but it does, um, how big it is, and yeah, it does feel special to be on the list to answer your question. 
Yeah. I think you are the third person to do it. You, you're right with Dowsett. Then it was Carthy last time in 2012 and yourself. And you, yeah. came into the, you came into the race on flying form as well from, I want to say Mendips. Mendips? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Mendips was a mixed bag, really, you know. Um, so, so it was, uh, I think it was a nine and a half mile time trial brand and the odd down circuit. And then I won that and thinking, you know, wow, that was really big enough and I was really happy with that. And then to beat, because um, in second was Max Poole, who beat me in the national time trial by about the same distance. So, but So to beat him sort of made me a bit, you know, like I have improved since then or, you know, maybe I could have done better back then. But, um, yeah, on stage two, I punctured, which um, has happened to me quite a lot this year. <laughs> uh, and so then I start. So then I punctured. So I put my hand up, and then as I stopped, um, someone rode into the back of me. You know, bent my hanger. So I got oh, going. So I got yeah. So I got going with the puncture. Stopped to get, and then real as soon as I and then and then as soon as I realised, um, as I got up to speed, my hanger was bent. There were spokes missing. So I had to stop, change it again, and by that point, you know. The race is already in one line, can't see them, and then it's just over. So, um, yeah, I was quite, I was quite not angry, more just a bit like, oh, I couldn't really show them what I could have done. But, um, so I was a bit disappointed. And then heading to stage three, I was like, you know, in my head, in my head, I was thinking it's really hilly stage. Wait yeah. till the final climb and just attack and win but in reality you know what we think doesn't actually we don't actually <laughs> do you know so it's sort of like i saw an attack go around the outside of core people i thought oh this will get me to the front look back oh big <clears> gap <throat> a bit of a gap all right let's go for it you know nothing to lose um and then sort of and then as we're getting round, like looking around the people thinking oh yeah this happened take them to the line so but then gets around um 50 kilometers to go and i look look down and they're not there anymore so i'm thinking you know i'm in two minds what do i do yeah 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 and i thought oh hail mary let's go for it and then um and then i was on my own and i'm thinking god this is this is a long this is a long time and then it's and then I keep getting time gaps and it's like 40 seconds, one minute, it keeps going up. And then, um, and then obviously, because the way the Alman team works, we sort of, there's only really one parent that goes. We like, we travel as sort of, you yeah. know, maybe two, three, four riders and one or two parents, depending on the race. So, um, so like, as it was the last days, well, I didn't, because I, I only brought X amount of gel, so I've used all my gels for the weekend, and then I couldn't get a bottle. I, I couldn't get a bottle. No, I got one in the last lap, and it was a bottle of water, and then it started raining as well. So I got to the bottom of the climb, and um, and then yeah, I blew. I just blew completely bonked, however you call it, hit the wall, this, that, and the other, and. It was the first time I've ever experienced, you know, all these people say you're not bonked till you're real 
you haven't bonked. You're not a real cyclist until you've bonked. And yeah, I know that now. I know the feeling now. So I got pa- I got passed by a few lads, and I came in fifth, where I got the King of the Mountain prize. So I was thinking, you know, I can do this. So um, when I when I got away on the when I was got away in the final stage, I thought maybe I was maybe a few more people to watch. But obviously, there was a few lads that were at the European chat track champ so yeah i yeah. was quite team, team josh yeah 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 there were a few a few of them jokes got made throughout the weekend yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say was there anyone coming into the race that you were looking looking at marking out or following moves by or um well with the how the race started with the time trial it was sort of you couldn't i couldn't really think about anything past stage one i had to think sort of um i had to think you know just get the time trial over with because with a time trial you sort of control all the variables but for yeah. sure no i was definitely looking at the track boys but then like we they're in the race there was you know finley Pickering, who's one who won a big race in italy lucas naruka who'd won um a big a bit a race in spain and spent two, three weeks out in Girona, you know, obviously Max yeah, yeah. Cool and all the Fenshaw team and then you had the RST lads that have been doing my national series. So there was a lot of lads I did have to watch out for. And then, yeah, sort of, that sort of confirmed it after the time trial, whereas Max put a big lead in. But yeah, there's only a few seconds here and there. So it did sort of, it narrowed it down slightly, but even with all the, with everything it's it didn't change that much it just changed that max was in max was in yellow you know so it changed from his british champs jersey to a yellow jersey <laughs> oh, of course yeah yeah so how was that crossing the line of the tumble knowing that you've got this in the bag oh i was like a bit i think there's a foot of me with my mouth wide open i was a bit <laughs> god you know like but i was also really happy because like you know you put in all that you put in all the hours all the efforts all the hard work you do this that and the other and for it to pay off and then magically it was the biggest one was like oh my god you know like i've done it this that and the other and then like and you're thinking you think all different you you, you're thinking all different things and and yeah, to cross the line was really like, oh, it was a bit surreal to be honest. I'm not, I don't, I didn't get him. And also, the way it worked is, my my dad had gone to the feed station, then which was down a narrow road somewhere, a lane in Wales, and then the, obviously with the new roads and the lanes, the sat nav doesn't realize realize it. So my dad took a bit of a detour to get back to the finish line. So he walked up. So he walked up the time trial way right yeah okay yeah. as soon as i cross the line i look up and the first person i see is my d- my dad walking up so that was a really nice moment so i just shouted to him i think i've done it and things like that but yeah it was just um a bit over the moon to be honest oh man that's that's amazing i must have felt such such a buzz Looking yeah back- yeah, sorry, looking back at previous winners, obviously you're the third rider from the Isle of Man to win the Junior Tour of Wales. Um, Tim, uh, Tim Kennock, Pete Kennock's little brother in 2009, Nathan Draper, 2015, 
is there much of a Isle of Man scene? Obviously, you've got the Mazzoni brothers over there as well. Is is there much of a of, of a scene or a clique or a or a decent vibe between you? All? Uh, what with the, with terms of the race or just like or gem- just how it just is? generally on the Isle of Man? Uh, yeah, I would say it's Matt. To be honest, cycling on the Isle of Man is like um. To a certain extent, how like football is in England, it's like the biggest, it's like the biggest sort of a sport. But um, yeah, there is a massive, there is a like, um, there is a massive buzz on the arm, and especially with the with the higher caliber riders as well. There's sort of like um, a good vibe with it within with all of them as well. Like for example, on Christmas Eve, there's like um, all the riders that are over, they do like a lap. So, like in twenty in twenty nine, yeah, yeah. And so in twenty nineteen, it was like we had um, Cav the Mazzoni brothers, like um, a couple of um, Mark Christian. I think Nick Schultz was over. His girlfriend lives on the Isle Man, Anna Christian, and people like that. And then yeah, like if you turn up to the club run. There's normally at least like two people that are in the that are in the world tour, and especially and especially um, like people are either moving over or like have left. So Ben Swift sort of comes and goes. He's a quite a he sort of based himself over here. You obviously have Chris Lawless and people yeah. like that. So I it is quite a big thing. And then also there's like four former cyclists, you know, former domestic pros um, and people like that. So, yeah, it is quite a big thing on the Isle of Man, definitely. So I've had quite a few. Um, I've had quite a few messages from locals and also from my parents as well, like, because everyone sort of knows each other, you know, like, if you walk down to a local shop to do the shopping and, but, and you know what mums are like, they start chatting and then they yeah, come yeah. home and, and ten people have congratulated them, you know. So, yeah, it's quite a big, a big, a good buzz from on the Isle Man. Uh, seems a really great place to go. I've only been over once, and that was for nationals a couple of years ago. Yeah, two, three years ago. Uh, yeah, a lovely place to visit. Yeah, we stayed at just that's just like. I think. But I think if the weather's good, then yeah, it is. But if the weather turns a bit sour, I don't think it's. I I can't imagine it's the nicest place to come to. Do you find it much of a logistical ball ache coming over all the time? Um, I mean, I mean, um, I think because I've done it for so long, it becomes second nature. But it can, it's more. I think it's more for more like because you have to. It's not so much logistics. It's more the extra drive and the tiredness and fatigue that brings that brings mm. on. And like the early starts and the late nights, but um, yeah, it can be a, it can be a challenge, definitely. And obviously, like because we have to come over, we you can't bring unlimited resources as well. You know, you can yeah, of course, yeah. you can only uh, some of the things that, you can't bring things, and then that puts that sort of makes things out of your control. Um, but. I mean, it's not too bad. It's the the boat's not too bad, and things like and things like that. But um, 
yeah, it's just a bit, it just adds on a bit of extra time and things like that more than anything, really. So what's next for you, Tyler? Um, what is next for me? So, um, not that much. Not that much, really, obviously. Spokes, 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 spokes cancelled. Yeah. yeah, which is a bit of... Bit of a bit of a shame, but um, I think I have. I think because now I I was planning to go and do a nap B, but to get my first cat, but I got that obviously. So I think I have. There's a ten at Levens which I'm doing to try and because the course is on the Isle of Man, the course record got sent by Ben Swift, and that was I think a nineteen. 40 and mine's like a 1950 so i'm gonna go away and do like a fast 10 and then um i had quite a few like races away on 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 the horizon and the plan but with the whole uh unfortunately i'm not double jabbed and then um things like that so they saw a few of them got cancelled which was a little bit frustrating but um i think i have the biggest one left is the chrono donations i think in october in october i think yeah yeah, yeah. i think i'm gonna i think but obviously and then the people that next year that are helping out will um come down and then also i think with my coach my coach lives in ireland so i think he's gonna try come and try and make it a Thing and also try and um, yeah have a good hit out away to see what it's the comp because um, to see what it's like with the competition in Europe because obviously I've only raced the lads in Britain this year so I have no yeah. I have no sort of idea of where everyone else is at so sort of uh, like obviously it was great to see like the British lads win the track years and you see like. Finley Pickham winning in Italy, beating the Italian champ, Lucas Naruka. And we got to see how like they get on away next week at the GB GP Rubeland and things like that. And then yeah, yeah. um and then maybe um and then yeah, I I don't know about the world champs whether I'll hear or not. You know, I keep my fingers crossed, but um I think the Corona Donations is the big last one for me for the season. Nationals? I think I'd maybe go give the crit champs a go if it wasn't sort of, I don't know, I can't, I don't know what it's like, obviously, and maybe I'm just making a bit of an assumption and things like that. I don't know what the crit course like in Lincoln, so I kind of don't want to just travel away for one, um, for like the one race for it to be not as an amazing course where like I just get pulled out after 20 minutes because the laps are thing because yeah against like the Canyon boys and things like that so yeah 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 I think I would have liked to get given it a go but maybe maybe next year well I'll let you go but before before I do so anyone else you'd like to shout out or say thank you to because you've obviously had a brilliant weekend away um I mean I don't really want to say anyone in particular because like lots of people do help to a certain extent so I feel like I'd be 
I feel like if I named some people off and let some people out, I feel I'd be. I get uh, you. Yeah. So, um, but no, um, I think just you know, just the standard. To be honest, friends, family, people like that. You know, they help, and with the amount of time and money and parents get into it, is like, um, I really am appreciative of them, but. Um, everyone, and to be honest, anyone that's just said well done or or um, anyone that's congratulated, to be honest, because yeah, for people to say nice things is also um, makes you feel good as well. And so, yeah, just anyone that said thanks or thanks or congratulated me would, so I'd like to shout out. Oh, that's very nice, Tyler. I'll let you go and happy birthday for Friday. Um, well. 18, I'm sure it's going to be one hell of a party weekend for you. Uh, yeah, well, I'll try not to have it too wild. But um, no, thank you guys for having me on it. You know, um, I, I've seen the, the podcast for a, li- for a little while. So and then I know some of the previous guests you have on have have had on. Sorry. So um, thank you for uh, in- inviting me on and also take care. We'll speak to you soon. Good luck. Take care. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at Quicklink Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. You can support this show by using the code QUICKLINK when you shop with veloskin.cc for all your chamois cream and skincare needs, and also at efswheels.com where UK customers can get themselves a full set of tubeless-ready full-carbon wheels for under £500. Share the show, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.